Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. We're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started. Today, we are going to be talking about the historical shift from being obligate movers to optional movers and what that has done to our health and why exercise alone, no matter how much it is, is enough. What do you think, Forrest? Where should we start? So we, as a species, have been obligate movers for a long time. We talked about this a little bit in the episode on movement as nutrition, but movement was a part of how we had to interact in the world. Mm -hmm. And that movement happened most of the day long. Right. No. For the processes of food production and childcare and hunting and... Yeah. And still even in... Getting from place to place. Today, getting from place to place. Like even today, the modern San Bush people, they spend a lot of time moving. They have to walk long distances up to 20 miles a day to get water, to get food, whether foraging or hunting. And then you've got to move to get that food and you've got to then walk it back to where you live. And then you've got to go through a lot of processing to make that ready to eat. And so mm -hmm. all just eating historically took a lot of effort. A lot of input. And that's what we mean, dear listeners, when we talk about obligate movers versus optional movers, because when you compare and or when you contrast that with what most of us in the Western world and in the industrialized and post-industrialized world, what our lifestyle looks like today, it looks nothing like that for us. Like right. nothing We've, like that. The modern conveniences that come post-industrial revolution, the last 200 years, which is a really small amount of time in our history. In the grand scheme of things. In yeah. the grand scheme of things that they have, a lot of them are to make you have to move less. Mm -hmm. Like a chair, the convenience of a chair is that you don't have to go as far down to sit on the ground. You don't have to hold yourself up into the postural. You only use the postural muscles that you normally would use sitting cross-legged on the floor or sitting on the floor in any other way. So a lot of times we think about conveniences being increasing comfort or decreasing time. Or increasing but, status. If you yeah, think about or it increasing too. status. Mm -hmm. But the way that any convenience does that is by reducing movement. Or so, effort to make an even broader sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like a, for example, the main idea of a teabag is it's less an even micro movement to dip teabag in your hot water than it is to mess with loose leaf tea. And that can save time, though sometimes conveniences don't save as much time as you would think. Like you can actually make tea pretty quickly, loose leaf, if you've practiced with it. Yeah. It's just taking steps out and those steps are usually a movement. So we've taken the obligate movements of daily life and reduced them with con with convenience. And then we've now created the optional movements of exercises to try to make up for those conveniences. Yes. And so just to give a few examples of what we're talking about, the teabag, I think, is a great example of making tea in a teabag versus loose leaf tea. All furniture yeah. uh, would be included in this. Cars and methods of transportation that aren't self-propelled. Exactly. What are some other big ones? I feel like those are pre-made food. Oh, you know, heck yes. Pre-made food. Grocery stores. <laughs> grocery stores. Yeah. Like, and, and we're not, and we're not saying. Yeah. 
give up all these conveniences and move out Cut in the woods. Move out in the woods. That's not what we're saying. These conveniences have allowed us to do a lot of great things, but I think mm-hmm. sometimes we think all that we've lost is wasted time. And that is not and true. In, and that's not true. So it's important to like use that mindfully. Because physiologically, right, evolutionarily, we are still much closer to the people, to the version of the organism that we are as a species, to the one we're much closer to the version that is adapted well to moving all the time and in a huge variety of different ways than we are to the current version. Yeah, it's been a long time. And a lot of people talk about the paleolithic and things like paleo movement and things like that. And I, I kind of have some resistance to that because mm-hmm. yeah, there are movements shifted 12,000 years ago when we invented agriculture and started living in one place, but we still were obligate movers right. up until like 200 years ago, yeah. if even that. And even 200 years ago, we didn't stop being obligate movers. It's very recently in the grand scheme of things that we have all these conveniences and we have to think, what are the drawbacks to these conveniences and how do we like mitigate that so that we still get the things that we need. Yeah. And what this makes me think of, this might be a little bit of a silly example, but my favorite part of watching Downton Abbey is the scenes where they're in the kitchen. It's just because I'm a foodie and a cooking nerd. It's just so fascinating to me to watch as even it's fiction, of course, but I feel like they do a really good job of recreating tasks and the running of a a big household like that. Even as late as like the better part of World War II, certainly through World War One, the the cook freaks out when there's a when someone tries to bring an icebox in. They everybody whole household freaks out when they try to bring a telephone in because before they're used to running telegrams to and from town several times a day, which means several somebody t- had to walk or somebody had to get on a bike or somebody had to ride a horse to do it. Yeah. yeah, in order to do it. So I think that's just a, a really important thing to remember is that our physiology is still closer to that than it is. To what we are currently doing and the the vastness of the changes and the conveniences that we've added to daily life would make it unrecognizable to our ancestors even just a couple of hundred years ago. And and it's just it's an unrealistic expectation on exercise to think that it can completely make up for the movement nutrition that we're ancestrally used to from daily life. Absolutely. This, of course, brings up the example, as many people, right, if you work an office job, but you have a physical pursuit that you love, that's great. Is that better than not having a physical pursuit that you love? Absolutely. Definitely. But sitting at a desk for eight hours and then working out for 45 minutes really hard, CrossFit or whatever, or going for a run is better than not doing that. But what we are saying is that is still not creating the optimal conditions for the health of your tissues based on yeah. what you can do for the health of your tissues via exactly. movement. Both are are the valid pursuits. Mm-hmm. Somebody who does work manual labor, who does get a lot more movement in their mm-hmm. daily life, still benefits from an exercise program. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. A construction worker could benefit from supplemental exercises to round out their movements and prevent repetitive strain injuries and things like that. But the opposite is you're an exerciser or an athlete, you need to move in daily life. You need to get up and move no matter how intense your movement pursuits are in your training sessions. It doesn't make up for being sedentary the other 80% of the time. Absolutely. So you can almost think about if this idea, right, this is the Move Nourish podcast. So this idea of movement as nutrition, which we have talked about in previous episodes, you could almost think about exercise within that metaphor as a supplement. Yeah, right. As a Realistically, it's something that we take in modern life 
that we try to put back in based on the fact that the built world or our built environment has taken so much out that we have to find some way to that we have to put it back in Mm -hmm. yeah we supplement deadlifts and kettlebell swings for the hinge nutrient mm-hmm. because we're not um, carrying but, sacks of grain over not, our shoulders exactly to town we're not anymore. picking yeah <laughs> not picking up and yeah we're not doing that but we don't want to lose sight of that whole foods nutrient just like in nutrition whole foods is the end goal it's the ideal that we're striving mm-hmm. for we make mm-hmm. give magnesium but we want to increase the consumption of green vegetables and we can do both at the same time so we use deadlifts to increase the hinge nutrient and replace a deficiency, but it doesn't mean we're not saying go hit, you should go hinge in daily life. Use the hinge to pick up laundry, to pick up groceries, to do that kind of thing. And then think about how can I increase this? How can I do this more? And so in our programs, what you'll often notice is depending on the person, right? In our programs with our clients, you will notice that there is oftentimes whether it's in a gym setting, just depending on someone's life, or if it's someone outside of their life, I'll write that into a program. I'll write lift your groceries using a hinge mm-hmm. pattern into a program. That is a hill I will die on. Yeah. And there's increases to performance too. Mm-hmm. Grease the groove is a really is a mm-hmm. is a really known fitness principle. And very graphic as well, if yeah. I might add. Let's grease the groove. So we'll talk about, oh, how do you increase your ability to do pull-ups? Well, get a pull-up bar and every time you walk by it, do a pull-up. Mm-hmm. That, that is a well-known like fitness strategy that is, it's speaking on this. Even that's still an exercise, but it's still injecting that more into daily life. And so you, you can back, do- You could break that down and be like, every time you walk by a certain tree, you have climb to climb a tree. Yeah, yes. if you and, wanted to take that one step further. Exactly. And so that's not just increasing- resilience in your training schedule, but it's also adding a low cost volume to Mm -hmm. your training schedule. Mm -hmm. It's the daily movements are highly recoverable because they tend to be like two reps and one set of two reps and things like that sometimes, or they're done in a lower intensity. It's like you're walking to the grocery store and it's not under a huge load. And so they're very recoverable but it's still adding to a lot of volume. So all those hinges you do picking up groceries at these sub high intensity levels, that's feeding in to that hinge pattern that's going to make the smoothness of your deadlift, your kettlebell swing or your clean and jerk. Yeah. And I do want to acknowledge here that we are not saying that this is not challenging things to do, right? Like the Obligate movers versus optional movers. Just think about that for a second. Obligate means you don't really have a choice. For survival, you have to do that. So it is actually in one way easier because it doesn't require the same sort of motivation or habit formation or uh, dedication because it's there. It's built into your life. You don't have a choice. You just do it. So I also just want to acknowledge that in the world that we live in, it is it's, difficult to live in an optional movers world because you have to take the initiative and you have to stick to it and you have to do it. You have to find ways to do it. And it is less convenient. It is going to. So it, I just want to acknowledge that it's op- hard in an optional mover society. It is more difficult. It requires much more impetus or an independent sort of self-starting dedication or motivation on the part of the individual. And we can acknowledge that. And we're also going to give you some practical tips during our next episode, actually, of seven ways to increase movement in your daily life. So so stay tuned for that. That'll be next week. But tell me about this idea. Let's talk about this idea of movement ecology as it applies to this idea of movements being more than exercise. Yeah. So there's an idea that movement ecology is the idea like the movement in daily life that we're doing or not doing also has an ecological impact. 
all of these movement reducing conveniences, they're not free, even though the, there's technology mm -hmm. that's made these conveniences easier for the most of these conveniences, they do have some form of cost, mm -hmm. whether that cost is someone else's labor or that cost is an environmental cost because of packaging and transportation and things like that. So mm -hmm. like you think there's a lot more movement in, so you get a prepackaged food that you're just ready to heat in the microwave that involves the least amount of movement, but also oftentimes costs someone else more movement and, and it costs, costs the more in, <laughs> to the planet in packaging. So then you take that down a notch and you say, okay, we're going to cook our own meal, but we're going to use like pre-sliced carrots, mm -hmm. which, which can be a really useful thing to use when you're trying to like stick to a meal plan and get your nutrition mm -hmm. Develop going. Develop a cooking but, habit. Exactly. But you have to think, okay, that's still more costly to someone else's labor and to environmental impact packaging and things like that than maybe carrots that aren't pre-cut. And then carrots from the grocery store involve less movement and are more costly environmentally than carrots from the farmer's market where you have to go to the farmer's market and do a lot more walking and source these things out. And then growing your own carrots involves the most movement and has a... The smallest environmental impact. Has the impact. smallest environmental impact. Mm -hmm. So like we can think about these things, not just with food, but in, in other things of like, okay, the more I move in the daily life, the, the less I, I drive, yeah. yeah, the less mm -hmm. I drive, the less I use conveniences that are costing the planet. So mm -hmm. like we can think about it from an ecological perspective and a health perspective where it's, we're seeking this because these conveniences have come up so fast that we are trying to catch up in our health because our health isn't set up to not move mm -hmm. the amount that we're not moving because of modern conveniences. But also the planet is suffering because it's not set up to harbor all of this carbon and all of this plastic waste and things that there is a large amount of it that is from the convenience industry. That's mm -hmm. from the let's not grow our own food and move for our livelihoods anymore. Let's work in an office and then we'll get the food shipped to us and someone we'll else will do yeah. that yeah and again we're not recommending an obligate shift of society i think that there's i think that there's room for that for definitely but we have to be mindful in society as to how how the modern churn of things is influencing our health and the planet and then say how what steps can we take to either mitigate that or take a few steps backwards and say okay let's live a little bit more movementful yes i love that i'm really interested lately in this idea or this notion of like where planetary health meets and overlaps with human health with human health i just find that that really fascinating lately. And I think it's talked about a lot in nutrition, like looking at environmental impacts of foods that are more sustainable, but are also more nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. But I think movement is kind of the next step to look at that of that it's green to move more, right. especially in daily life. Yeah. All right. This has been the Move Nourished podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week where we will give you seven ways to increase movement in your daily life. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. And we'll catch you next time. 